ESPN LA, Kamenetsky Brothers, Andy Kamenetsky, Brian Kamenetsky. Our guests help popularize a catchphrase for an entire genre of music. Artists like Steely Dan, the Doobie Brothers, Christopher Cross, Toto, and of course the great Robbie Dupree. Now commonly referred to as Yacht Rock. They've celebrated Yacht Rock through sketch comedy, live shows, and their awesome podcast, Beyond Yacht Rock, where... Songs suggested by their listeners are carefully dissected and analyzed to determine whether or not they are, in fact, yacht or nyat. Yacht gets you on the boat. Nyat leaves you docked. J.D. Risner, Hunter Stare, how are you guys? I'm pretty good. I'm super good. (laughs) Hell of an intro, right? Hell of an intro. Just want to know how how you are. I feel better now. Good. Good. Um, I I guess to begin, for, for our listeners, can you just give a little bit of backstory of just how all of this began? Uh, well, Hunter and I and our other buddies who were involved, we, we got together when we all first moved to L.A. And we were having, you know, we were getting together and listening to records. And we were going like, oh. As young men often do. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and we were like, oh, these look at these fellows on the boat on this record. And here's other fellows on the boat on the record. And then you listen to the records. We got into Steely Dan and like, oh, there's Michael McDonald from the Doobie Brothers singing background vocals. Oh, and he's on here, too. And all of a sudden we realized there was a community of music that all was like, it all sounded real good. It was very elite. Um, a lot of it came from Studi- Steely Dan, which is the primordial ooze from which Yacht Rock emerged. Yeah, well, we did something really weird where when we listened to the records, we would turn the sleeve over mm-hmm. and actually read all the people who were on. This is back like when liner notes and stuff like that Yeah, existed. this is when you could read them because yes. they were on records, so it was large enough print so you mm-hmm. could actually see it. And, uh, yeah, we just started noticing patterns of people working together. <laughs> And then we got involved in this thing called Channel 101, uh, which was uh, it's still going. It's a weekly contest where you make a five-minute TV show. Anybody in the world can enter. And, uh, you know, if it's selected by the panel, it's screened in front of an audience, and they vote, and the top five come back. And so we were trying to break into the prime time there. We kept making shows. It kept not getting voted back. And then finally we're like, we love listening to this Yacht Rock music. Let's make a show about Yacht Rock. Make a show. And you created backstories for different, uh, I guess, sort of key members of the yacht rock genre. Like you, JD, played Michael McDonald. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter, Kenny you played Loggins. Kenny Loggins. Um, and you just sort of created the backstory for all these musicians, like how they were connected, their, their lives and whatnot. Yeah, we sort of like, you know, the first episode is Michael McDonald in crisis as he's trying to write a hit song for the Doobies and he's stuck. And it was a big opportunity. Skunk Baxter's <laughs> telling him if he, if he doesn't write a hit song, he's going to be out of the Doobies. and. Then, <laughs> Loggins takes Loggins and Messina get involved. It's uh, it's a whole romp, and eventually Loggins and McDonald wind up writing "What a Fool Believes" together, uh, and everybody saved. Yeah, the internet wasn't as good back then, so we couldn't actually find the real stories of how these guys got together. So we just made it up. Have you since though? I mean, like that that kind of thing is the sort of thing that would be available on the internet now. It is and it isn't. I mean. You, a lot of the stuff that's on the internet is uh, those guys saying, and they were pretty close, <laughs> without elaborating too much. Um, but we we kind of see like we talked a lot about Toto because these guys were on everything, and we've now since found out that they were like the original backing band for Boss Skaggs. Wow. And yeah, and that's how they came together. So we got there's a lot of truth in sort of that we didn't mm-hmm. I don't think we ever s- said in the in the show where they actually came from, but yeah, there's there's truth out there now, but there's still how how they actually wrote the songs I, I 
It's still a little clear. Unclear. Yeah, I mean, it's never it's never clear how a song is created, except for the the song "Turn Your Love Around," which has a very specific story. <laughs> and we consider this it's it's a yacht rock song, it's a yacht soul song, and it was written by uh, who was it? Was it Champlin, Steve Lukather from Toto, and this guy Jay Graydon, who played the guitar solo for a Steely Dan's Peg, yes, and is also a producer of Note. Um, so they were trying to write this song for George Benson's greatest hits, uh, and they couldn't quite get it right. They and then uh, Jay Graydon went. They had a large dinner, and Jay Graydon went to the bathroom, and he went number two in the bathroom. Uh, that That's the opposite of going pee. <laughs> and then, that's true. It's the opposite of one. Two is the opposite and of one. Is, he, is uh, it, though? I mean, not to get bogged down in details here, but is that really listen, the opposite? Listen, it I guess, is. I guess for today yeah. it is. I guess the opposite would be if dry air went inside. <laughs> Um, but technically so, speaking, you are correct. Yeah. Actually, as gentlemen do, he took his time and thought about things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you know he came out. And got, oh, turn your love around, and like oh, that's great. So we, we now we gave him the nickname Jay Poopin' Graydon, <laughs> yeah. and we're very excited to see his name in liner notes. I mean, they do say though that most great inspiration comes in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, you come with up with your greatest ideas in the shower. You mm-hmm. come up with your greatest ideas going number two. Apparently, mm-hmm. I mean, it is. It's a very solitary, reflective like place and time. Mm-hmm. It's your own private time. You, you're beholden to no one but yourself and your needs. <laughs> I, I just, one, one of the things that I, I want to hone in on here, if you go through the, the Yachtsky scale at uh, YachtRock.com, the, the, there is a very specific band of time that about – 90% of the songs you Absolutely, have on your yeah. appearance. It's basically 1977. 76, 76 to 84. Okay. Two give questions. Give or yeah, <laughs> give or, yeah, yeah. Just like give or I was, I was actually going to down, like, the stuff at the top is really about 77 to 82. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, the, yeah the, when you really look at the it. really prime stuff. 78, 82, that, right. those four years were the years they really figured it out. Two questions. What defines, you know, what, what makes this music you know, defined in the way that you guys define it. And also, why was 77 to 82, 76, however, whatever band you want to, why was this the most fruitful era for Yacht Rock? Um, so Yacht Rock is... <laughs> <laughs> well, we, they, they, I mean, they said that we've we've helped the term, like, get pop, popularized, I believe what you mm-hmm. said. We invented the term. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So yeah. we are allowed to lie about what makes uh-huh. Yacht Rock. Yep. We get to make it up every time we're asked up. about it. Yeah. So. Um, and add to the mythology. But what Yacht Rock is, is very well-produced top 40 music uh, that's played by some of the best musicians of the day. And some of them, the best musicians of all time, the best pop musicians the around. Creme de la creme mm-hmm. studio musicians. Like, they Music was big, still big business back then, and this was like probably the biggest time for the music mm-hmm. industry. So you could be a, just a studio guy on the backgrounds of all these albums and make a lot of yeah. Money. There's a, there's a great uh, video that that I saw of uh, Donald Fagan and Walter Becker basically taking you through the making of Peg, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know they talk about how they had uh, like seven or eight different guitarists. Try that solo until they eventually ended up with a uh, poopy. Yeah, Jay, uh, Jay Poopy Green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like on one hand, you know, you've got seven or eight guitarists who are you know disappointed that they didn't end up on Peg. But on the other hand, and to your point, Hunter, you've got seven or eight 
guitarists who still got paid. Oh, yeah. I mean, they still actually made some money, even though they, you know, a lot of people don't end up on these albums. Yeah, and I don't even know if they were disappointed because that was their 1 p.m. guitar solo, and they had another one at 4 <laughs> yeah, and another yeah. one at 6. You know, these guys worked a lot. So, you know, you, we, we always look at the liner notes, usually as a as sort of a confirmation. Like, oh, of course these guys are on it because it we has... You kind of hear it It now. has a sound, we yeah. We listen to it so much, we go, oh, I think that's great, and we look at yep. yep. Right, yeah. and it started, of course, with Michael McDonald, who you just can't... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can you can't not know yeah. if he's yeah there. he's sort of like a blaring siren on top of a song going I might be out rock um, but the music you listen to it it's top forty music that has a very strong jazz and or R and B influence um, that's sort of been whitified quite a bit by guys like Jay Gray no it's just well, at some of, point it all is I mean music can get gentrified there's, just like everything there's else. like heavy but it's still like it still feels like R and B like yeah jazz they, didn't, they, didn't, they that, use they used a lot of the guys that you're supposed to use at that time. They they stayed true to it, but they also brought it into sort of top 40 mm-hmm. rock and roll. Yeah, because when you listen to like a, a hardcore R&B song from the day and like a Jay Graydon produced R&B song, you can hear the difference. You can It's, it's been lightened and popified. Um, let's see. Is there any other way to describe? Well, one of the things, that, I mean, there? you've said it, but. For sure, when we look at the at the scale, like you pretty much give like thirty three points. Thirty three percent is uh, are like personnel, mm-hmm. bonanza personnel. Yeah, we if call you it. Have the right <laughs> guys got, on yeah. there, then you, you automatically get some points for that. And it's all it's the same guys that you mm-hmm. reference, and they're all in the basically in the top like fifteen songs that you have on there. Mm-hmm. It's the same people over and over again. Yeah, um, so, and you know they all appear on each other's albums. Yeah, and, and then it goes, you know, time period, and then, and then what he said, like you know, hearing those jazz R and B influences on a top forty pop song will get you up there. And then there's specific things that go to like specific yacht rock artists. Like we can hear when it's a Michael Amartian produced track that sounds a lot like Christopher Cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael Amartian's the guy, the brains behind Sailing and Christopher Cross's debut album. Ooh. Yeah, and you yeah can he's that, good. <laughs> that's a legend. And you yeah. can hear that on other people's stuff. And you can also hear there's a lot of songs that sound like What a Fool Believes. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of songs. We, <laughs> yes, could, we could probably are. put together 10 to 20, like, a list of songs that ha- sound exactly mm-hmm. like What a Fool Believes. And surprising ones that you look back on and go, oh, yeah, like Hunter noticed that the Pointer Sisters, He's So Shy, yes. is What a Fool Believes rip yes. off. And, uh, just, and, and of do- course, Steal Away. a doobie bounce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, doobie bounce. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, but it's bouncing. Yeah, it's but like you're a, right, though. You guys know basketball, right? It's like dribbling a basketball <laughs> musically. Well, I mean, we just so know bouncing. I mean, we actually yeah. just know what bouncing is. Oh, require sports knowledge to understand. But, so, but, but why then between – what was happening between 77 and 83 – that you made know, this possible. It was just a. It was the popular. <laughs> Do you want us to say cocaine? <laughs> yes, if that's the answer. Yes, if that's the answer. That's what we Yes, if that's the answer. It was basically the 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 popular pop music sound of the time. You know, mm-hmm. like you tell a lot of these guys, like like I've heard like Steve Lukather said on Twitter, like what is this yacht rock thing? I seem to be on every song. I mean, this is just eighty session work to me. I just played what was in front of me. And there was and, also a weird thing of like to really keep it smooth, you had to get away from a lot of acoustic instruments and so from that point to like the 80s you go from like more acoustic to straight just electronic Mm -hmm. and there's a really there's a sweet spot in there that these guys were kind of doing like you know 
we call it the E piano, mm-hmm. electric right. piano, the Fender electric- Rhodes usually. Yeah, yeah, that was the basis for a lot of that stuff. A lot of I don't know experimenting. Mm-hmm. There's I, like a lot of early stuff that people think is is yacht rock is a lot of acu- like soft rock acoustic like dan fogelberg like for example sure is that what his hits yeah his well-known hits uh um what are some other like anything by america is not not yacht rock and early kenny loggins really Mm -hmm. isn't yacht rock when loggins and messina and then when he got away and started doing some jazz stuff with bob bob james i don't know if you yes Mm -hmm. you know bob james seen bob james taxi theme bob james bob james he's he's a new york jazz guy and him and kenny loggins hooked up and you see like the more he starts going the less he's doing like acoustic like poo's corners michael mcdonald's is just a perfect example is with the doobie brothers in part because like there are few bands that were able to sort of transform the way the doobie brothers did and still actually still be good Mm -hmm. because you know china grove and what a fool believes two different things are very different things yeah and yet they're both that's the epn and that's it and getting (laughs) getting rid of the acoustic guitar uh, a lot of chicken clucking type guitar (laughs) a lot of smoother smoother like they keep on running or what's it called it Uh, keeps you running no not it keeps you running the uh, long train uh, long train train thank you thank you that's got some of the the chicken clucking that you're talking about (laughs) like that starts to go away because that's a that's a real countrified sound and it starts to go away more sophisticated Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, first of all before i get to the next question a brief unfortunately for espn purposes it's a rule just across the board with podcasts we can't play music we need licensing need licensing and and they're not going to they don't give it out for any shows much less this one so a reminder to listeners as a suggestion you can always just multi-screen this thing and put on some of these songs Mm -hmm. in the background as we discuss Use your itunes Mm -hmm. yes and just get going this is the world we live in now um what i think is really interesting look at the at the yatsky scale and and in particular what gets yachted is like it, it can feel – I don't want to say arbitrary. It's just surprising. Oh, oh okay. Well, here's the thing is that – you know, when you kind of arbitrary. When you go to YachtRock.com and dig it out – No, no. You, it's you a can, lot of reductive reasoning. You can also, That's what I'm saying. You can also go to YachtOrNyacht.com and look at the Yachtsky scale. It's a 1 to 100 scale. Everything above 50 is Yacht Rock. Everything below yes. Yacht. But these are all questions that were asked of us by I, listeners. Oh, no, no. I and can't. that way you get a lot of goofball stuff. Oh, sure. But I'm talking about like right, for some example – Some specifics. I like, some specifics. Some specifics. Okay. I was looking talking. over – like, hold the line by Toto. Mm-hmm. To me, in, in the way that I think of yacht, and I'm obviously not experts the way the two of you are, it, to me, it doesn't feel any more or less well, yacht. Sorry. So, okay, so remember when I was saying that everybody sort of has a sound and we can start to hear that? Mm-hmm. We call that the hold the line. Mm-hmm. Hold the line is as rocking as you can be and still be a yacht rock. Sure, song. it'll be smooth. Okay. No, no, I, I think I actually heard you guys evaluate this yeah, one. Yeah, So, you know, you rock harder than that. You're probably not a yacht rock song below that. But also because we made it up, we get to make up our different. And so, you know, Toto has a certain sound a lot of the time. Yes. And it fits that sound because of the, the singer. Who hunted, Bobby Kimball. Yeah, Bobby Kimball. Who's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We've he, really come to appreciate Bobby Kimball mm-hmm. over the time period. We appreciate everybody in Toto, but we've really grown to appreciate him. But, like, that song, together. Hold the Line, to me, it's, at least, doesn't feel like any more or less yacht than either, like, Private Eyes or Misunderstanding by Genesis that didn't make the boat. Mm-hmm. Like, in some ways, they sound like like similar songs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the beats of them and sort of the way they're structured to me in some ways feel... Very so like, do you get extra points in some way for being Toto? You like, whether do, you realize it, you get thirty. Yeah, yes, you just very get many points you for do. being. Toto. Yeah, you get thirty-three <laughs> points right there off of out of the hundred scale of being Toto. 
But you also they have okay. They're the world's Jeff, greatest jo- drummer. Yeah, Jeff Percaro. He's he's the best, and he basically he was on every like everything. And he was amazing, and you can hear his sound, and you can hear his shuffle that he puts on the songs that he's in, and a lot of songs that don't have that drumming. They also don't have a have a have a very yacht rock guitar solo in them, mm-hmm. and not everything has a guitar solo, but it's it's a very important. Um, Lukather has a definite sound that some people cannot mimic. Jay Graydon has a definite sound, but you, if you listen to them and where they come into the songs, they're, they're, it's a, that's a, you can tell a good yacht rock guitar solo. Um, got, what were some of the songs that you that- private eyes? Now, private eyes. I you see here's the thing with the Yasky scales. The four of us who do the yes. podcast all get a vote. I feel like private eyes is yacht rock, mm-hmm. but the other guys don't, and the average was that's way true. down. Because yeah, I'd like to have a larger discussion about Holland Oates okay. generally, mm-hmm. if we could, because if we might. Um, because Hall and Oates, who feature prominently in the show yeah. as villains, as, as because they are anti yacht rock, but they're a big thing. But like, you know, and have are associated with certainly smooth eighties ish kinds of sounds and rich blue eyed soul. Well, you know, one of the things they, they don't they, like they don't like they have one song that manages to barely get above on your scale, and then the rest of it, not at all. So the, one thing we didn't mention is this music comes out of. of Pretty much, for the most part, not everything, but comes out of Southern California. All right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And they're Philly guys. And they are very much Philly guys. So if you listen to their songs, they do Yacht Rock, but they do their own thing because they're combining pretty much sort of a, almost a progressive rock and roll that comes out of... Um, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, oh, Todd, Todd, Rundgren. Todd, Todd Rundgren. Okay. Um, and then all of a sudden they influence this Philly soul, which sounds very, 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 very much like Philly soul. It doesn't sound like sort of a generic jazz moved into it. They they make Philly soul songs. Mm-hmm. And then they sort of got into like a new wave thing, like as they went along and got yeah. really electronic and new wavy. And so they never... Really, like they always were doing stuff that was on the fringes of what would be yacht rock. And Hall and Oates were on some, or Hall was did some background work on some stuff that I would say is yacht rock. And they also brought in another name that we haven't mentioned, which was David Foster. Mm-hmm. And he he has his own sound, which is mm-hmm. very schmaltzy, mm-hmm. uh, especially his later stuff. Can you give an example? Uh, the works of Chicago on Chicago 16 with that, him and that'll do. What's the, what's the big song? The big ballad on that album? Uh, God, Chicago, Six, Chicago 16. Yeah, yeah. It's not love me tonight. Uh, no, it's a post. Bill Champlin thing. Bill Champlin. He was a lead Champlin singer. Champlin and fought Bill Champlin. The glory of love. No, no that's a satiric song. I uh, hear your choices. What you're missing. Waiting for you to decide. Bad advice. Chains. Hard to say. I'm sorry. Hard to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. There you go. I and and I don't order. think we did. We put that on the boat. No, absolutely not. <laughs> if you look, at, yeah, because it's too ballady. It's a ballad. It's a yeah. power ballad. It's too. It, that's too ballady, but. There's some other stuff. We we have some Chicago on the bolt when they had that Foster and, and Champlin influence. But if you listen to it, there's uh, back to the Hall notes. They 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 always make their songs their songs. Like they never sort of they never mm-hmm. feel like they're part of the larger thing. It was it was either like Philly Soul, and then they get is really that, is that part of why you guys made them villains? Because you know, like, and if, if, if go back, you can find all this stuff is easy to find. Mm-hmm. You know, all the uh, the old yacht rock shows from Channel One and One, and the use of Hall and Oates, who I love, is spectacular. 
I mean, in terms of creating foils. So where did that come from? Well, you listen to the album that came out in, you know, the same year as the Doobie Brothers Minute by Minute, which is one of the ultimate Yacht Rock albums of all time, even though not everything on it is Yacht Rock, but it's got some really strong stuff. Two classics off the top of my head. Um, So the the Hall & Oates album that came out that year was really rocking. Yeah. They were trying to be rocking. Which is their problem. So, like, one of the the things that went into their characters on the show is that they were chameleons. Like, they they were always something different every time you saw them. Uh, because that's what Hall and Oates was doing, like Hunter said. Like they were doing the hardcore Philly soul, and then they tried disco, and they tried hard rock, and then they they went into new wave, and never never was yacht rock a part of them. So you couldn't trust them, also too. On top of it, it would make some villains. You don't you yeah. don't know how to get a beat on them. Mm-hmm. They just want they just want number one hits, and they got them because they are great. We love Hall and Oates. We just don't. Yeah, it's funny because like I was looking at some of the songs that didn't make the scale, and like you know, like I'd really love to see you tonight by England Dan and uh, John Ford Coley, or mm-hmm. like Sail On by the Commodores, Magnet and Steel, Rich Girl by Hall and Oates. One and, and th- these seem like songs. The Commodores are probably happy with that. They didn't end up on the scale. I think they're. they're they're cool with it or no? We we probably could put some Commodores. It's not that song. Well, it's, it's just it's just interesting because those to me feel like songs that whether they're really yacht or or not, if they ended up getting played on the boat, people mm-hmm. would be happy with it. That's a, and that's <laughs> you want a, to talk about your uh, oh certainly on a boat. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your your Brody index? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Also, when I decide I'm having a hard time with a song, I have a, a Brody index, is what I call it. It's a Brody. It's will Brody if Brody Jenner plays this at a pool party that I'm at, will I does, be offended or not? Rock parties. Yeah, he's done it before. He's done a yacht rock DJ party. Yeah, you paid pool way more parties. money than we've ever gotten. From um, this. And so, you know, I ask, is it, you know, if, if Brody Jenner plays this song, how offended will I be? And it was like, oh, I would be proud of him. Then I will, I will give it a, a, a number that will get it on the boat. Um, but one of the songs you mentioned, England, Dan, England, the, the yeah, really to see you tonight. One of our rules is yacht rock tends to not be sentimental. Sure, uh, it tends not to be schmaltzy. That's a very schmaltzy song. It sh- there's exceptions to everything, so you will find some schmaltzy yacht rock like songs. But song. that's heavy duty, sugary stuff, and it's also it's a little early. It's a little early. A little acoustic. Mm-hmm. They weren't bringing in anybody else in on that to work with them. They were kind of on their own. Um, and not a lot of R and B, not a lot of R and B and jazz influence on that. But they do later mm-hmm. on uh, uh, Doctor Heckle and Mister Jive. The, the Wait, the Men at Work song? song? Yeah. Is no, that... no, it's a it's an England. J- j- no, it's a, it's well, an England well, Dan album. Did that song? Did they? Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's, that's a name of. A... That's a cover. No, that's a well. Did they? Is that a song on that album? On on business as usual, there is a song uh, well, Doctor Heckle no, and Mister Jive. Well, that's that's an album. That's the name of an album for Thank England. Thank God Don for Google Coley, and they and it's their yacht rock album. Yeah, like they came around to the sound. They bring everybody in. They do a lot of it's it's jazzier. No one's ever heard of it because it's not. Their... My apologies. It is not on business as usual. It is on cargo. Oh, okay. <laughs> before we lead before, in the wrong before, direction. Everybody, put your twitters down. I corrected it. Okay. Um, you only have two real men at work albums to choose from so yeah it's, it's just it's interesting because i guess like in my it mind is a I, cover of a john england and john ford coley song oh, there you go yeah, like, no, there i go, really yeah. picture i mean because you guys you know for people who are listening now who've never listened to beyond yacht rock you guys really dissect these songs yeah and in the dissection in my mind's eye i end up inevitably picturing like a yacht 
party. Mm-hmm. Like I end up picturing people like really enjoying themselves, sipping champagne, looking out at the and, ocean, and us bringing them down by judging this music. Because well, well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's why the Commodores. Like, that's why the Commodores. There's no boat where a Commodore song wouldn't work. Like in terms of being on a boat, but that doesn't make it a, a, a any kind of boat, really, yacht Sa- or otherwise. Sail on is weird. Like we we have a thing. sail on is kind of a country. It's song. a country song. It is. It's a yeah. country song, and and it has its own sort of weird combination where you're mixing sort of R and B with country, which could work. But on that one, it's so overly country countrified that I don't know if it really does work. Um, and there's really so many. People out there that have co-opted the name Yacht Rock. There's, there's <laughs> oh, a Yacht Rock review. That's the, that's yeah, the that's, 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 that's probably that's a lot problem. of it. Yeah. A lot of people think that if it's a song that's about a boat and sailing, <laughs> that it's immediately Yacht Rock. It's, that's not yeah. it. Yeah. It's a metaphorical yacht. <laughs> uh-huh. Sometimes it works, though. But you guys started this in how long? When, when did this this first start? I mean, we, you told the origin story. That was in that 2000. was 2005. Okay. Are you at all still? It's now 2017. We're pushing 2018. Mm-hmm. And there are people. You go on Twitter. You go. You guys have a website. You have a podcast. And like you know, people go back and watch videos. You have a problem with Bill Simmons over his co-opting <laughs> term. Like this is something that people argue about still in pop culture. Does this at all surprise you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous. We were about to give it up, you know, because we would take the show around, screen it, and then we saw it becoming less and less popular, and we we're like, okay, well, we're done with this. And then Sirius XM came out with their Yacht Rock channel. And had us on, and we did an hour, and we did a lot of research, like we songs. Deep dive, because the internet had become better, we could actually do more research mm-hmm. on the actual stuff. Instead of just reading liner notes, mm-hmm. we could actually like and, look. And, stuff and up. we we also found Sirius's playlist really boring, so we were like, let's like find some good stuff that they are, can are add there to the playlist. Any... And and when we did that, we were like, I love this research. I love doing this, and that's when we started the podcast. That's when we re, and then we've we've been sort of honing the definition of yacht rock ever since are, are there actually good non you guys yacht rock i guess either sources or lists out there like i i have yacht rock on my pandora mm-hmm. it seems like it's okay but i mean i don't know for sure how spot on it is i know you took issue with uh bill simmons's yeah uh, he doesn't know what he's talking list. about yeah yeah, he had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> it was not to your liking. He created the the new rules. For yeah, he, yeah. What are the, what are Bill Simmons' rules for uh, you? Let me bring it up. Um, so um, what was I going to say? It's like uh, is are you talking about Simmons? Or are you talking about, about I forgot if what there's it. another source of stuff? Yeah, I he, the thing is is that we left it for a really long time, and so people just kind of said like looked at what we did and just assumed that if it had sailing in it, and they made all these bad rules that we never really intended until. What, what was weird is that when we actually started, okay, let's we actually need to make some rules for this. We looked back <laughs> and we were like. Hey, we kind of nailed it. Yeah, like, on our sh- like we didn't know that we were, we were doing it, but we actually kind of did. Um, and, and really, what the yacht means is the elitism. It's the it's it's the it's the yacht. It's the fine craftsmanship of the yacht. Like it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Right? Because no, I mean, I love Steely Dan, but mm-hmm. it is it is very self aware of its own technical. Mm-hmm. Superiority. Yes, it's like they, yes. it's not like they just happen to stumble it's, into. That. I love Steely. It's snobby music. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is. That's a good way it is music it. snob yes. to the nth degree. Yeah. Like in all senses. Mm-hmm. And and fans of Steely Dan relish in that snobbiness. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the superiority yeah, so, that comes yeah. with it. And those guys were perfectionists, and it shows. You know. And it, I think it rubbed off on a lot of other people mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. 
after those peg sessions, which was the Asia sessions, which was 78? Yeah, 77? So 77. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So seven, they were probably putting that together around 76. That's where it really starts coming together is when those guys mm-hmm. all start getting together and doing that stuff. And then... Michael McDonald joined the Doobies. Logan's, what Beliefs comes out. Logan's breaking up with Messina, doing his own thing. Toto going on tour with Boz Skaggs and forming a band off of off of that tour. All of that happened in 1976-77. Wow. All that stuff. So that's the pivotal year of Yacht Rock then. Yeah, yeah. 76 is the first time you might start to hear that Yacht Rock sound. Uh, 77 is getting stronger by 78. Like you said, it's exploding. Like What a Fool Believes is out. People are ripping it off. It was a number one song. It won Grammys. Yeah, it was making money. Yeah. Yeah, making money. Well, it's it funny, too. There's also the transition out of it. Andy and I did a, uh, recorded a show yesterday, and we, after we dispensed with all the, the basketball stuff that we're sort of obligated to talk about at the beginning, um, we had a long debate over the best 80s movie and song combo, like what, what you could find. And, you know, the, the top two are um, – Don't You Forget About, about me, me and Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. which I, I think is the GOAT. I think and that's then the greatest the other, the only other real option I think that can compete with it is In Your Eyes and Say Anything, you know, just from the iconic – great song, great movie, iconic moment. Apparently, um, these guys have never seen the volleyball scene from Top Gun. I, I, oh, no. I, because I, it's too bad a song. Right. It's too, it's too <laughs> bad. What? Have we discovered controversy? We might need another sound check no, we all Look, we all play Gasp. volleyball in our jeans. Playing with the boys? Oh, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> it's, but not for the re- not for good reason. No, it's great. It's a great song. It makes me so happy every time I hear song. it. It gives me chills. Yeah. Gives, I'm not kidding, man. It yeah. It's so satisfying. Yeah. But do you think okay, <laughs> this is this is like sort of one of the debates we were having in this cuz like Brian Brian and I were talking about the use of uh uh, oh yeah, by Yellow. You know the end of Ferris Bueller. You literally only know that song. From Ferris Bueller. If like playing with the boys had not been connected to, you know, the absurdity of these guys oiled up playing volleyball in just their jeans and Top Gun, absurdity. do you think you'd feel the same <laughs> way about the song? Yes. Really? I question mm-hmm. the, the premise. I mean, we're asking you to prove a negative, but... <laughs> yeah, well, listen. That's yeah. what we do. Here's all the, all the time. <laughs> you are absolutely delusional. Yet, 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 here's, here's there's a, no way playing with the boys is a hit or it, even remembered by anyone if it's not in that movie. Here's a great example for me. It's a great, great parallel. It's Kenny Loggins' song, Nobody's Fool from Caddyshack 2. I've seen Caddyshack 2 once in my life. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember that movie. I love Nobody's Fool like it was my third child. Okay. And so <laughs> if I had heard playing with the boys and had no idea what the context is, I was like, what is this amazing song that Kenny Loggins is singing? Playing with the boys, what is this? I, I would become obsessed well, with I mean, it. But Loggins, though, kind of speaks to you. Yeah. You There's have a degree. certain attachment to the man. I, I did. I did. I did pick up. Well, he, there's a reason for that. Great hit <laughs> CD back in the 90s. The boys. <laughs> yeah. like, if this, you heard that, you might, without knowing any context, you might take your shirt off and go play volleyball. Yeah. Yeah. So just, and like, it just happens to be in that it, exact you build it. <laughs> He will come. You just Body's you working overtime. Never did but this. Logins, but this is what I was getting. Too much. This is what I was getting. No, you can sing. Okay. You can sing. Singing's fine. I think it's okay. okay. But I, you know, this is what I was getting at. Like there was a point at which Loggins, and Loggins really is the ultimate example of this. Decided, I'm not going to do yacht rock anymore. I'm going to do Danger Zone. Mm-hmm. I'm going yeah. to do. 
um, Footloose. I'm all right. Well, that yeah. was that was during that. I'm all right. Is mm-hmm. during that period, though. I wouldn't think that's on the boat. But like you know, but you understand what like, We listen to those and we're like, man, I'm all right. Might be on the boat. This, really? Guy, okay. This guy really knows how to take a rock and song and make it smooth. Yeah. It's really weird. Like we, I know in the series that we use that as a plot point of mm-hmm. him like rocking and doing those. Yeah, it's sort of like the crux. Of, it's sort of like the heart of the series because like scale. We set up Loggins and McDonald's relationship, and then by episode three, Loggins starts to break away to perform I'm All Right, and the rest of it is, like, them them struggling with, like, Michael McDonald feeling like Loggins. Yeah, like Footloose. Yeah. Right, but he makes that transition from from Yacht Rock to Danger Zone. He footloose. does. Yeah. And it's over. Like, at that point, it's over, right? Uh, no, no, not, not really. at all. Because not really not at all, because he does what I think was one of the greatest... Um, Yacht Rock songs of all time, Heart to Heart. And that's... Don't know that one. That's on his High Adventure album. Yeah, it's on High Adventure where he looks, he kind of looks like a, uh, a Indiana Jones type character. <laughs> like a, like a crappy Richard Quartermain. Yeah. Alan Quartermain and, uh, and, uh, Romancing not to, the Stone. Not to be confused with the other kind. <laughs> the excellent Quartermain. Uh, yeah, but they, but that that time he's doing that rocking stuff. It's the same time. I mean, by the time Top Gun is eighty six, right? So yeah, so Yacht Rock was of that, kind of dead anyway at that point. But when was High Adventure? High Adventure was eighty two. Okay, was it? Yeah, that was later than that. Um, but he's he's doing some rocking stuff in, the, in that point, and he kind of he he moved around. He wasn't as solid as mm-hmm. some of the guys. Yeah. And I think we sort of portray him as kind of an outsider in the series, a guy who does his own thing, a rebel, a loner. Speaking of that, I've heard you guys tell stories before about actually hearing from the Yacht Rock yeah, people that you this. guys have portrayed. And, uh, oh, yeah. They portrayed, not betrayed, I should say. Uh, Some of them may Well, I was going to say, actually, uh, what's-his-name was not happy. Um, uh, um <laughs> Hall? Hall? Oates. Oates. Oates is, Oates is down. Oates Hall. is a great. Daryl Hall. Is great. But I'm not, is, I, I was inside because I read, I read the, uh, the oral history uh, in, uh, in Rolling Stone. I am not at all surprised that Daryl Hall wouldn't find this funny. Because Daryl Hall feels like a very self-important human Which being. Which is one of the reasons I think we, why we chose them as right. a villain. You, when you asked that, another thing was like, those guys are a duo. That's, it's kind of one-sided as far as who speaks for the duo. That they would make a uh, a funny foil to like log in. Right, but whereas I'd be more surprised if Oates didn't think exactly, it was funny because Oates feels to me like the kind of guy who understands only in the era that I lived, you know, and and really thrive could I have been. He's what like five two. He's got had like <laughs> the, the ridiculous hair, the bushy mustache, and all that, and yet was a sex symbol. Like that, that's mm-hmm. stretch of time between like it was Loggins, or whatever. It was Loggins that you guys uh, said didn't like it. Oh, you, oh! You know what? You know what it was. So this is kind of awesome and terrible at the same time. So he was interviewed a couple years ago on a New York local radio station, and she was like, "So what's up with this yacht rock thing I've been hearing about?" And he's visually uh, annoyed as heck. Yeah, and he squirms in his chair, and he's like, "Okay, here's the thing." He's a real artist. Yeah. Artists don't like to reflect on the past too much. They want, they're looking at the future and changing their sound and stuff. I got a new band called Red Skyriders, and they're the best, and we should talk about them. No, let's talk about Yard Rock. So then he said he went on to give the 
perfect definition yeah, of yacht rock better than yeah. we've ever done. It's like so, like a bunch of us guys in the seventies were doing this music, and then we went. We used to do it really acoustic based, and then we started to bring in jazz musicians like Bob James and the Brecker Brothers to really smooth out the sound. And do I think their thing because they were doing their thing, and we wanted to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. and that's it. That's it. Is like this incorporation of jazz and and R and B. Like get rid of the acoustic guitar, get rid of that soft seventies sound, and that's why we're so anti the soft seventies sound because yacht rock is what that shifted from yeah they took um, that sound and then brought in sort of what would be con- considered smooth jazz kind of combined that together with a little bit of and they brought in some rocking guys mm-hmm. in there and yeah it's like so, a james taylor and and like uh the wave had a baby like something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well this james is this taylor is could put a, put away his acoustic guitar and just sing and let let somebody else take the like an electric uh-huh. and you know uh-huh. a, a piano an e piano and yacht rock is the he is, been a is, na- yeah. is 94.7 the Waze's um, mother you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you guys watch Twin Peaks have you seen the new Twin Peaks I've not okay well there's this crazy episode it's just a mind bender and at one point there's this there's this figure called the mother and she just spews out of her mouth. All the, the just evil. crap, all the evil, right? Okay, so like that would be yacht rock spewing things out, and things. <laughs> one of the bubbles would be like like smooth jazz at ninety four seven the wave, and this clear elevator music. That, the, that's the most important thing is what does Michael McDonald think about it? I think he, he seems like a pretty happy go lucky guy. I think he's a pretty he like. I think yeah. he's, he's okay with it. They laugh about it. They all cool. they seem to all like. Like, kind of, you know, hit each other and be like, "Hey, did you see what the thing that they said? That was pretty close." They're like, yeah, well, Michael McDonald though has been been the subject of a lot of these kind of parodies. You know, they make Saturday Night Live sketches about him, like dropping Conan. in. Um, he was on, he, Conan had a running thing about him, um, right? I'm sure Fallon has done it at some point. He's done oh, yeah. everybody. Uh, well, he's Michael McDonald gave the greatest compliment, which was like. Whoa, they got a ton of it right. It's almost like we had stalkers, you know? <laughs> and that's sort of like, okay, good. We need, like we could get to these people's essence by listening to their music and what they do together and sort of figure out who they are as characters. Did you guys ever see that? There was this article in Deadspin a few years ago um, about basically like in a nutshell, Michael McDonald has become like a concept now as much as a voice mm-hmm. or like a singer or performer. Like basically, you know, he's this pop culture fixture. Like everybody thinks they can do a Michael McDonald impression. Yes. And, and he's not actually that difficult to do, even though he's got this amazing voice. Mm-hmm. Like everybody can do a half We've discussed Michael that. McDonald. He is actually kind of difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Really, but he, most people think it's acceptable. It's impossible. But like, most, yeah. people, most people think it's very easy to do. Because it's amusing to them. Like, people will think it's funny, even if it's not good. Yeah. And, like, it's like sort of like how Michael McDonald basically, like, Kind of doesn't exist oh, this anymore. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. This is what I was thinking. It was the old Rick Moranis thing where yeah. he goes oh, just yep. from studio yes. to studio. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. JD he put that into the into the series. And, I yeah. mean, and you guys kind of, in some ways, kicked this off, where where Michael McDonald basically became conceptualized. So I guess, like, one question: Do you feel guilty about murdering Michael McDonald? Um, <laughs> and then. I think we were very loving to. to, <laughs> to we, I think we went beyond parody. We we talked about how he's more than just a parody. Like his Michael McDonald dealt with being a parody in our series. Mm-hmm. Oh and, no, no. I mean, I obviously sure, but I mean, but that's but like I know other. Like, this is the problem. Yeah. Other people take it and go, these guys are making fun of him. Like I, um, Steve Ficaro asked me like while we were making the series if we hated them. <laughs> like basically, do you hate our music? Like, are you making fun of us? Type, and I was like, no, we love you guys. 
And but I think some people think we're making fun of the music at all. But no, we we love this music. We wouldn't have spent this much time on it if we didn't. Do you think people got that though? Like at the time, because it, it's to me, it's obvious how much you guys love the music. And I mean, obviously, I was kidding with Michael McDonald, but like it is, it has become this thing where he sort of doesn't have an identity as a person anymore. He's this identity as a concept or like a, a comedic device. Yeah, and it would be easy to interpret what you guys were doing. I think if you weren't paying attention, I think it's basically com- shredding these guys. I think it's a confirmation bias. If you uh, if you think he's a joke and you don't mm-hmm. like, because a lot of guys who grew up listening to that music and they may have been teenagers at the time that that music was pop- popular, they ha- they hated it. So when they when they so they want to make fun of it, and so when they see it now, they're laughing mm-hmm. at it. But a lot of people like didn't like we were we were very young when this stuff was mm-hmm. was coming out. And our parents were listening to yeah. it. And Steve right. O'Carroll, by the way, was Toto. Yeah, yeah he, people t- don't know Toto, uh, yeah. synthesizer player. And so we, I think it was always a you know a soft spot spot in our heart. And I think if people have that, then they don't think we're making fun of it because it's always it is hard to tell like the the. the Sometimes, like, what the line is between things that you'll make fun of, you know, because there is stuff to make fun of in this. I mean, there's stuff to make mm-hmm. fun of in Steely Dan, as brilliant Absolutely. as the music is. You can still make fun of it. We talked about the pretension of the stuff to make fun of it. You can make anything. fun of yourself, right? I mean, like, you know, but like, one of my favorite, like, most comforting Twitter feeds that, I, that I've ever seen, that I love it. I love that it exists. I just, <laughs> I love the concept of it, is uh, Africa by Totobot. Oh, yeah. Have I follow that, that one. Yeah. All, it, all it does, and I've tweeted this out a bunch of times, I think everybody should follow it. It just tweets out lyrics to Africa. That is mm-hmm. it. Yep. Yeah. That's all it does. Such a poem. <laughs> and I, I love it because, A, it's a great song. B, it's. Yeah, the whole thing is kind of silly. But see, it's also like I love that somebody loves Africa enough to take the time to create a bot. I don't know how to do that. But just every once in a while tweets out lyrics to a great song. And that's the only doesn't, – doesn't do three songs. Yeah. Doesn't do Rosanna also. Yeah, it, it's just well, you gotta Africa. Do Africa. I mean, it, it, is, it, it, it is. It is so refreshing, isn't it? Because it's like uh, Trump is terrible. Oh, right. the yeah. Lakers stink. Oh, <laughs> How I bless the rains down in that. Oh, right. Did you guys what? see there was someone had tweet? I don't even know who it was. Somebody tweeted out like, you know, there's no way to uh, there's no way to declare one song the greatest of all time. Like it's a subjective exercise. Blah blah blah. And someone retweeted it with, No, it's it's, it's Toto's Africa. Africa. <laughs> <laughs> like ten thousand retweets. <laughs> I, I have to say, I've noticed it, that song being popular with the youngsters. Yeah. That they still know that song. Like, um, yeah, I tried to explain one hour, to somebody. One hour ago, as of this taping, I blessed the rains down in Africa. Mm-hmm. Four hours ago. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. <laughs> Seven hours ago, it's going to take a lot to drag me away from you. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, 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 a, it, it's a brilliant song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is it? it that, that, that's one of the few that Jeff Beccaro has a writing credit on. Like, he sort of came up with that iconic beat, and they looped it, and it's a David Page song. Yeah, not, they, not sang by Billy Kimball mm-hmm. or Bobby Kimball. Yeah, it's sang by David. With Toto, you're either getting classic Toto, or you're either getting Bobby Kimball, Steve Lukather, or David Page singing a song. And David Page sings Africa. That's a song he wrote. Um, and he's just a really brilliant guy. His dad was a famous composer and arranger. Um, that's, that's another thing. A lot of these, a lot of these elite studio musicians in Yacht Rock, they had dads. <laughs> 
and who are already like studi- famous studio musicians making a living. But again, like you said, this was back at a time when you could make a yeah. good living yeah. mm-hmm. just as somebody who shows up for these different sessions. It's sort of like the pre- precursor to how hip-hop works now, where everybody appears on everybody's album. I mean, like, yeah. I'm not sure there's a pop equivalent of it now, but it happens very it, frequently in hip-hop. Except in hip-hop, people are featured, and they're like, hey, we got T-Pain on our song, and but in Yacht Rock, like, they were just in the background. Right, it's yeah. never, it's not, you know, never became names. stop by and just go, and then leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anything, modern stuff are like, pro- just like producers who put like two seconds worth of a beat on a song and they get a writing credit. So when you look at like modern hit songs today, they have like eight writers on the song. So, mm-hmm. And you don't know who any of those people are. So maybe those are the modern equivalent. But when we were, t- well, we were talking about like the, like, lovingly parroting i was i was i I felt like i was interrupting you a little bit were you going to talk about jimmy buffett no i wasn't but jimmy buffett we do make fun of (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to before we moved on i want to be very clear that we did make fun of jimmy buffett that is somebody who we were making fun of but he deserves it yes he absolutely does uh just like a soulless money-making music machine the four of us in this room because i can speak for brian all hate jimmy buffett how does that take off like, how does that become a thing? People have a lot of pain in their lives, <laughs> and they really want a, an antidote to that. And when That feels like more pain, though. When you're spoon-fed sugar, sometimes that tastes good to people. Just garbage sugar. It's so bad. Spoonful after spoonful. Like, he's Jimmy Buffett is one of the most inexplicable, I mean, at this point, I hate to say, like, music legends I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable to me that Jimmy Buffett... Yeah, because we have, we have this debate all the time. What is the worst legitimate band of all time? Like, you can't be just, like, some guy who had a you know one hit or whatever, but, like, yeah. genuinely popular gold albums. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall, however you want to define it. Like, for me, it's it, it's I, I always go back and forth between Kansas, Boston, and Jimmy Buffett. Oh, Boston's like, great. Boston so but, so great. take Boston, Boston off your list. You can take Boston off your list because they're, they're something. They're... I've always had a theory that Boston and Kansas are the same band. <laughs> like oh, really? They, they record under nom de plumes, and they're the same. <laughs> they're the exact same guys. Like, I was actually going to ask, like, Ace, Player, and Ambrosia, I could totally believe that they're the same band. They might be. Yeah, <laughs> and, those, and we've determined, well, Ace, yeah, we did put a song on the boat, but they mm-hmm. kind of, like, that was their own little thing. But Player yeah. and Ambrosia... Um, players definitely kind of like a very generic type of yacht rock that was a, like a little almost poppier Toto. And Ambrosia was like, they were a prog rock band mm-hmm. that became a little more yachtier. Yeah. A, well, they they wanted to start making hit records. Yeah. And once they did, it sort of had some of their songs have a yacht rock sound. Player and Ace are interesting because they both had yacht rock songs before the era. They sort of like saw no, the head player, of just Ace. Just Ace? Just How Long by Ace? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. You guys have Ace. Uh, you have How Long as both a 55.5 and also a 53. Oh, yeah. We rated we, it we twice. We rated it twice. On accident. Yeah. What happened the second we forgot. We forgot somebody asked about it. So like months later, somebody else asked about it. And we rated it again. As, as you can see, the rating wound up being two points different, which means the scale works. Yeah. <laughs> we did not. Re- we, we forgot we rated it. We We've, that was we were determining our margin of error, mm-hmm. which exactly. is two points. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, 48, you know. Hey, maybe, it might be a Yacht Rock song. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe we were wrong a little bit, maybe. But it might be even less of a Yacht Rock mm-hmm. song at 46. What is your favorite mm-hmm. song that doesn't make it onto the scale? Like that you've graded, that you just love, but it, you can't call it Yacht Rock. Well, first of all, just because it doesn't make the scale doesn't mean we don't like it. Sure, I understand. Um, but That's I'm trying to ask. One of the songs that I think that I thought was Yacht Rock that the other guys didn't that I think is interesting and, and kind of, is Smooth Operator by Sade. I thought that's barely a Yacht Rock Ooh. song. Just barely. But the other guys are like, no, it's British Sophistapop, and it's and so they sort of I can it. see where you think it is, though. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I if she were American, everyone might think a little differently. It's also it. later. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. later. later. I, yeah, it's I like 85. It. Yeah. Um, it may be a little too smooth jazz. Yeah, I, w- I, you know, like I said before, I thought "Private Eyes" was a yacht rock song. It, it takes the four of us to truly determine it. That's what Gene Yatsky, the inventor of the Yatsky scale, wanted. <laughs> it's also democracy. Yeah, in but what he was saying about Ace, I think Ace we've is... all learned that democracy doesn't work. Though <laughs> it's a very flawed thing. Um, Ace is a Ace is a was a band that did, was before the time from England. No connections whatsoever. They were a pub rock band, and they just happened to nail it, and we we recognized that and put it on the boat twice, mm-hmm. <laughs> two points uh-huh. apart. Um, for me, the song that I I think is Yacht Rock, that it's not – well, there's there's a bunch of Olivia Newton. Oh, yeah, there's an artist, Olivia Newton. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I in the Sky by Mike and the Mechanics. Is that Mike? And, no, that's Alan um, Parsons, Alan Parsons, Parsons Project. Project. Um, Which I believe is some sort of hovercraft. <laughs> that that song I hear like this like a British yacht rock in there. That, that, that it's, song you know, feel, it's hard for women. There's a little bit of sexism here. It's very hard for women to get onto the boat. It seems like. Yeah, we've thought about that quite a bit. Well, <laughs> no, we've, go- we've devoted a full episode towards towards that uh, the misogyny of yacht rock. Well, we talk about it, but it's mm-hmm. the the, we've, the women of yacht who like they don't get recognized. Yeah, and a lot mm-hmm. of it is because they're um, they're sort of solo stars who get pushed towards disco. Right, there's a lot of things, mm-hmm. and they don't. And they also they get pushed to, toward being the lead, and you don't find a lot of women um, session players mm-hmm. at the time. Like as soon as like somebody knows how to play, like the piano, they're like you're the lead now, be the star, mm-hmm. and they never get a chance to sort of like you know just sit in the background before getting into it. That's a very serious answer to what I sort of saw as a toss-off <laughs> oh, question. No, no. Well, it's, we've it's, talked it's, about it. Like, it's, we've, and we've looked at liner notes. We've looked at the personnel on almost a thousand songs now. The only women we see are background yeah, singers. most of them are, yeah. We have not found maybe one female instrumentalist out of all the songs That's we've looked at. I think I've won, and I, we've talked about it once. I can't remember her name right now, but yeah, we yeah. were like, oh, she paid, played piano on something. That's awesome. Yeah, so men could do whatever they want. They could bring in their, their friends that, that are great at instruments and make these great pop songs, and women were like, you, you go over there, you do the disco song, all right? But we found we found a couple of good women uh, Yacht Rock singers like Brenda Russell um, has two amazing Yacht Rock albums. Diana Ross has a really good Yacht Rock album from 1983 called Ross, the first song. It's like Michael McDonald co-wrote it and Toto's playing on it, and it's, it's great. Lauren Wood mm-hmm. is a great female Yacht Rock She's got artist. a song called Please Don't Leave that's super yachty. Her solo stuff, and she has a band called Chunky, Novi, and Ernie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, <laughs> which is very good. Didn't need you to tell us that. Uh, Michael McDonald's wife, Amy Holland, Amy didn't have Holland. a lot of hits, but her one hit is a Yacht Rock song. Dionne Warwick had a Yacht Rock album. Interesting. Dolly Parton 
Had some yacht rock. Mm-hmm. I saw that you guys Parton. did did uh, rate islands in the stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, yacht. Did not it's make a it. yacht rock song, but Dolly Parton does have a really good yacht rock song. What was it called? Same old fool. Same old yeah. Fools are a big. They're yeah. a big theme <laughs> in yacht rock too. Yeah. Very big theme. It's sort of like the, the sentimentality thing. It's like the songs aren't sentimental because the characters in these songs are fools who mess up in love. You know, so they're not often going like, "Oh, I love you so much." They're going ah. I messed up. (laughs) The word fool or some form of fool appears 16 times on your list. Oh, absolutely. I just did a search. Yeah. (laughs) And we haven't gotten to the other 600. I mean, they, every, pretty much every artist has at least one fool song. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot. Speaking of, uh, uh, artists with fools in the title, this was something I was thinking about that I wanted to ask you guys, get the expert opinion, which, band do you think more made more of a yacht transformation over the course of their careers the doobies once they brought in michael mcdonald or fleetwood mac post like the blues era post no female singer fleetwood mac never made the transition to yacht rock rock. really fleetwood mac is absolutely not yacht rock Mm -hmm. yeah okay let's be clear here everybody (laughs) fleetwood mac the eagles I'm okay. surprised you even asked that question. Uh, well, no, no, baby. No, because I they s- have their own sounds that I, you can hear. Are you talking just broad transformation? I'm or, talking broad. I'm talking or broad. transformation specifically to yacht rock. They feel they feel to me like they made a transformation, whether you consider it yacht mm-hmm. or not, like they were going for that. Too adult contemporary because, but they brought in Lindsey Bucking, mm-hmm. Buckingham Nicks in order to make themselves yeah. more like so, like something like Mirage to me feels like at the very least an attempt at yacht. Mm-hmm. Like a lot, of, a lot of what's on there, like uh, anywhere. Or... I think it's just adult contemporary, like soft rock, like generic okay. sort of soft rock. It's pop, pop rock of the time, but they had their own pop sound. Yeah, they weren't chasing okay. the sound that a lot of yacht rock artists were. But you're all right. The Doobie Brothers, a great yacht transformation, absolutely, because they became just a just a, just a country rock kind of band right, I mean, the, the, into the defining yacht from rock band. Blackwater. Well, no, that's no, not if true. You go to, if you go to, to the Peter Green era, I, that's what I'm getting at. No, I understand that, but I, I, I just mean in terms blues, of in ter- blues. No, totally. But okay. in terms of uh, to to the yacht side of things, that's See, all I'm saying. I guess maybe I, look, I consider in my head something like Gypsy to me feels very yacht rock. Well, I don't know if it made the boat or not. It's driven by acoustic guitar. You know, it's like it's very. I consider it driven more more by keyboard. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, but I'm hearing a little strumming in my head when I think of Gypsy. They just have such a such a their own sound that it's it's hard. The same thing with Hall and Oates. That was the thing with Hall and Oates is that you can hear even though they went over these different tr- transitions, you can still like hear just Hall and Oates in their sound, mm-hmm. and not sort of like that. A specific yacht rock sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some yacht rock artists do have that problem. I guess and Loggins is like that a little bit. Like mm-hmm. he always sounds like Kenny Loggins, but mm-hmm. he's, he's he's very he, much yacht rock. He, I mean, he co-wrote "What a Fool Believes." Yeah, so we're looking closely at his career and getting him into yacht rock. Necessary, <laughs> but also Fleetwood Mac is an island. They're just Fleetwood Mac. They're an island <laughs> of themselves. They they don't bring in other people to like that like affect their sound. Would and, the boat dock there ever? Right, you could sail a yacht too. <laughs> would, would, would you ever take the yacht, like everything that is yacht ski, and would you ever dock on Fleetwood Mac Island, even just for a little bit? Like, are they that incompatible? I mean, none of their songs sound yacht rock to us, you know? Yeah. yeah it's just it's a, sound like, I mean, would you be mad if Brody played a, 
I, uh, yes, it would just show pure pure ignorance. Yeah, mm-hmm. no offense. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, we feel oh, the sorry. same way about the Eagles too. Oh, I hate the Eagles. You don't uh, have to sell well, me. On we, that. It's not about hating. It's, it's about just, whether or not they're qualified. Yeah, but to me, the Eagles I don't. Think both or no. To me, the Eagles. Well, if you ask Bill Simmons, the, <laughs> Bill Simmons <laughs> always calls the Eagles Yacht Rock. Oh yeah, he's on the list. I'm surprised Metallica wasn't on his. They were from California. Uh It's funny because to me, the the Eagles don't in any way sound Yacht Rock to me. Mm -hmm. But again, that latter part, like the maybe starting around like rumors-ish to like mid-80s Fleetwood Mac, I can hear to me, sounds like to me at least, elements of what would be considered Yacht Rock, whether it doesn't qualify or not, which which is opposed to the Eagles. To me, it doesn't sound anything like this it. This is what just goes to make mm-hmm. why this is one of the more compelling arguments of our day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Fleetwood Mac own thing, very close. Bee Gees are the same thing. So cool. They have so many songs yeah, that are Bee so are close, close, but they sound like the Bee Gees. They're, the, they're their own thing. And, and like what, you, what J.D. was going to say, what you kind of did say, is that they were an island of themselves. They didn't bring anybody in. If Fleetwood Mac... Would have brought in a bunch of like yacht rock guys. They probably would have had a song that mm-hmm. like it, it. They would have went, no, let's not do that type of guitar solo. Let's let's Jay Graydon will do this, handle mm-hmm. this one, and it'll prob it would probably get there. Like a lot of artists, like we just named, like mm-hmm. Dolly Parton and Deanne Warwick and stuff. They brought in. Okay, they, right. They wouldn't sound and like the Bee Gees. Don't make it because they didn't. They don't. They that. That's why disco isn't. Yacht rock. Mm-hmm. They might have some elements. It might have. They might be, you know, kissing cousins in spots. But straight up, BG style. But straight yes, up, BG yes. style. Well, this doesn't style, yeah. have the Which, the Steely Dan esque snobbery in mm-hmm. terms of the musical construction yeah. to get it to qualify. Which is interesting because one artist by the name <laughs> of Kenny Rogers made a BGs to yacht rock transition. Where he did he did all like BG songs on one album, and then the next album brought in the the yacht, like yacht rock guys and started doing like poppier yacht huh. rock stuff. Mm-hmm. His just look up um, Kenny Rogers' worst album. You'll find <laughs> <laughs> you'll find the, the you'll find his yacht rock album. Um, yeah, he yeah. It's, so it's. And you listen to those Bee Gees, the Kenny Rogers Bee Gees stuff, and you're like, man, I hear a lot of Yacht Rock in that. But then you hear his next album, and you go, okay, here's, I'm hearing it on this. He's nailing it on this one. I, I think the problem, we may have revealed this uh, over the course of this conversation, I think I think about the boat too much. Like, I really <laughs> actually think way too much about the actual setting and the people on the boat and, like, the passengers. Right. I, am, I am now zeroed in on J.D.'s description of the craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. Now, here's, here's, here's something that will help everybody. That This is my favorite part of us doing the podcast and, like, rating these songs, is if you go to Spotify and follow J.D. Risner on Spotify, we have a certified yacht. List. Yes. That's, yeah, that's that goes all back, the, that all goes the back to what you were saying when you mm. said, "Is there so, is there a source other than you guys?" No. no yeah. <laughs> Go to this list. This is a certified yacht list, and when you listen to it and you certified put it on shuffle, list. you're like, "Yes, I I'm someplace special listening to this. Like this is this is this all fits it's together. A good list. This works great." And then and it, stuff you have and then throw an eagle too. song in there, and you go, "Oh, oh!" It's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like eating. Uh, a fine steak, and then stopping off at McDonald's after oh! putting ketchup on it. Yeah, I, oh, I, 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 I will <laughs> say that, that. <laughs> Timothy B. Schmidt from the Eagles, who they brought in later, he does have some yacht rock cred, mm-hmm. and we, I think we put one of his songs on the on the boat too. Mm-hmm. 
a solo song, yeah. But and then, and then there's an Eagle song that Timothy B. Schmidt drives. It's his creative force of a song, and that's the closest the Eagles ever got to Yacht Rock. Yeah, that's their, their like long road album or whatever their last album before if, they if really only break up. Paid more attention to the scale; they could have mm-hmm. landed on here more. Uh, the last question I'd have for you guys, and we'll do, uh, give you a sports talk radio trope: Who is the Mount Rushmore of Yacht Rock? <laughs> Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Anything is possible. Larry well, Bird. Well, yes. Okay. Okay. No, it's uh, we're not actually like Bill Simmons. His 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 main thing is yacht rock. Our thing are the Boston Celtics. Yeah, we so maybe we should talk about yeah, that. Yeah, no. <laughs> but the Mount Rushmore yacht rock for sure. McDonald. Loggins and McDonald. Is Loggins on Mount Rushmore? <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Well, McDon- McDonald, McDonald is is McDonald Washington or Lincoln or whoever you yeah. want to think of it. I think Michael McDonald. I think Jay Graydon. Jay Graydon really drove that sound. It's not. A, he's not a sexy one though. I wonder if there should be two. Like the like the there's Mount Rushmore, and then you go into Mount Rushmore into a crappy bands cave. On Mount Rushmore, like because that's the yes, problem. You can, yeah. that's the, that's I will allow problem. bands because okay. all of Toto needs to be on there. Yeah, yeah. And you can't like pick one of those guys. I mean, you could. That's but. fine. But Toto has to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you could re- you could represent Toto with one face. I mean, I would accept that. Honestly, if you want to talk about our four lines of yacht rock, is the Doobie Bounce, it's the Hold the Line, it's the Log Line, and it's and it's uh, it's the Crossfire, the Christopher Cross sounding stuff. Yeah. So, in that, if that's it, then it's Michael McDonald, it's Kenny Loggins, it's uh, all of Toto, and it's Christopher Cross. Yeah, but but you gotta, I mean. And then there's the secondary, I would say, <laughs> Mount Rushmore, which is Jay Graydon, mm-hmm. Bill Champlin, David Foster, and who else? Could, but but we, nobody's going to know who those guys are. So Jeff Vaccaro. Right. Well, no, he's in Toto. Oh, yeah. That's he's right. already there. That's right. That's right. Uh, is there a keyboard player? <laughs> the guy from Maxis. <laughs> there's a band no one knows about. Well, they're, they're kind of the guy behind the guy. Yeah, yeah. So this is my, this is Cave Rushmore. You go inside the cave and there's weird statues <laughs> carved into the it's wall. It's funny, like, but the thing is, is that Graydon Foster and Champlin wrote a lot together. So mm-hmm. it's like all, those three guys could go should go on the Mount Rushmore together. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so yeah. There's, the mountain's getting crowded. Here. Yes, know, but I just know. just like Christopher Cross is really Michael O'Marty, and we talked about he's the guy who kind of put that together. So they go; those guys should be together. Your your secondary cave hunter is is really for the people who think the regular Mount Rushmore is too commercial. Yeah, it's like the hipster Mount right. Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, if Mount Rushmore of this type were put up in Silver Lake, those are the people who would be. Yeah, thing. yeah. Somebody carved it into an abandoned subway tunnel, and like you got to go through a bodega. There are also the guys who were just as influential that didn't make our show because we didn't really like we didn't know we didn't notice that those guys mm. had such an influence. Yeah. None, none of those it was none of those guys made our show. How much you guys spent on those episodes? Money, the budget, um, <laughs> food, food where we like to feed everyone who helped us out, and so yeah. maybe like I don't know, two hundred bucks an episode, yeah, a couple hundred bucks. Costumes, sometimes needed costumes. Yeah, yeah. that's been money. There was a mustache costumes. budget for sure. Oh yeah, well yeah, we bought a lot of mustaches, a lot of mustaches and wigs. It's funny you watch your Jimmy Buffett episode. Our guy who played Jimmy Buffett, his name's Vache Panos. He kept smoking cigarettes in his Jimmy Buffett mustache, <laughs> so now I have that mustache. It's got a big cigarette stain on it. <laughs> You guys did him right. Yeah. You guys did Jimmy Buffett right. Uh, J.D. Riznar, Hunter Stare, uh, at J.D. Riznar, if you want to follow him on Twitter, at Hunter Stare, I guess for, for the next hour. <laughs> um, you also can uh, listen to Beyond Yacht Rock or follow it on Instagram. Guys, thanks a lot. This is fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.